it. Shit. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode 201. Jared Scally, Alan Hegan. No Nick this week um, is what it is. I missed episode 200, so I can't be that mad that he's out on 201. He at least he made the milestone. Oh, man. Alan. Alan, Jared. hello. Hi, Jared. Hi. How are you? I'm, I'm great. I missed you on Friday. Yeah, well, somebody didn't want to record into the triangle, so me and Zach had to do it. Let's uh, not go there. You even in our episode were like, oh, I respect Al. You know, he's got to take care of his girl. He's got to do what he's got to do. And then he comes on this podcast, and he's like, oh, he didn't want to record. <laughs> yeah, shut up, Jared. Just go listen to the episode, and we'll say the truth. Either way, go listen. Uh, of course, follow this <laughs> podcast on Twitter. Actually, you can't follow us on Twitter right now because we're still effing suspended. Uh, so follow the, the main show, Couch Guy Sports. I don't know why we're in Twitter jail. No idea. Nick Qualia runs that one, though. So if, if anything, it's his fault, not mine. Yes, when uh, in doubt, blame Quags, right. Whatever Quags did, we're suspended still. Probably not going to get that account back. We should probably just start a new one. But for now, Couch Guy Sports on Twitter. That's where we're pumping everything. CouchGuySports.com, all the written content, other podcasts, Twitch, YouTube. We say it every week. Just go do it. Yep. The store, all that good stuff. Um, we have some stuff. I'm working on something, sort of a giveaway for this show. Uh, we'll, be, we'll get into that. Uh, actually, for the triangle as well. Parks and Mimi on the show. We're going to do them for both episodes. We're going to do them for both podcasts. So that's fine. Um, so we'll get Al, you can't win. Don't worry. I know. I, did, I don't want to win anyway. I want a lucky listener to win. Him. Okay. Um, Diego, if you're listening, you can't win either. Uh, all yes. right. Good. Good. On. Uh, Good. For those on the video, hadn't said anything yet because we've been talking too much. But uh, Matthew Drozers, Maddie D, on with us this week. Maddie, what's up, big guy? Ah, man, this is awesome to uh, come on the show. You guys have a good thing going. I hope I just don't ruin it. You know, I hope I can just hop in and uh, ride you guys' waves and, uh, dare I say, ride your coattails to an awesome episode. You can't be worse than Jared, so you're... you're It sounds like what Michael Chavis' goals are for the Red Sox season. Just don't don't screw it up when he comes to the big... He's really what you're... Absolutely. That's what you're going for. Uh, Maddie, tell everybody where they can find your stuff outside of this guest appearance. All right, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Matty Kiwoom, uh, M-A-T-T-Y-K-I-W-O-O-M. Uh, every week we bring to you uh, from Couch Guy Sports the High Heat Fantasy Baseball Podcast that drops every Thursday. Uh, we got a special guest. I'm not going to say who here. I'm going to tease it on this show, but uh, a great guest this week. So you can look for that episode on Thursday. Uh, you can also check out my written stuff on couchguysports.com. I have a weekly fantasy baseball article that comes out, kind of ties into the podcast episode and what's going on. And, uh, yeah, other than that, do some stuff uh, on the internet, Boston Sports Syndicate, some stuff over there. Those guys are awesome. And, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. I'm glad you finished and, and the sentence. All you, did, all you did was say, I, I do some stuff on the internet, and I didn't know what you were going to say. <laughs> and thank God See, the tease is real. Sentence. That's all I'm going to say. You finished the sentence. Good job. But if no, I, I would have left it blank, if I just would have shut my computer off, the listeners would have been like, wait, what uh, – did you have a what, what kind of guy did you just? But I'm definitely gonna check who, out that high heat fantasy baseball podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Search that Kiwoom on Twitter and see what comes up. I guess I don't know. Yeah, uh, no. There might be some questionable <laughs> tweets up there. Maybe don't search it on Google alone. Um, yeah, no. Maddie, stoked to have you on board. Uh, awesome talk. We got a lot to talk about tonight, guys. Um, so no yeah. weekly dumb. Screw that. Who cares? First topic. Jimmy G. We're gonna go right into it. Right into it. Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think every Patriots fan and their mother has been trying to get Jimmy G back to the Patriots since he left, since he was traded. I still, I'll go back to this. I still to this day don't feel bad that they, got, they traded him because, like, you won our Super Bowl, Brady, and probably should have won two after that trade. So, by God's be guy guns. But now the 49ers traded up for the number three pick, right? Yep. Three pick. Did this get talked about last week? I forget the timing of this trade. Was this before or after episode 200? I think it was after. It was after, right? Pretty sure it was after. I couldn't remember. All my days blurred together. (laughs) So the 49ers made a huge move, which no one ever does this, and traded up the number three pick with the Miami Dolphins, who had that pick via the Houston Texans. Sorry, Texans, you just still just suck. Um, And now the 49ers have the number three overall pick. Dolphins got a bunch of draft capital back, um, including the number 15 pick. No, 12 pick. It's not 15. Patriots have uh, and then they flipped that to the Eagles for number six. So the Eagles traded down 
Dolphins now number are at number six have a crap mm-hmm. ton of more draft capital, assuming to go get Deshaun Watson. Um, but either way, the Dolphins are loaded with draft picks and talent, and, and they're going in the right direction. 49ers, though, traded up to number three. And anyone on Twitter that's been saying to me that they're going to trade up for anyone but a quarterback in that position, you're wrong. You're not trading up to number three to draft Kyle Pitts or no. uh, anybody from Alabama that's not named Mac Jones. You're, you're drafting a quarterback or whoever is there. Uh, you assume Trevor Lawrence is going one. I think if, he, if they don't, fire Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's it. Done. You're done. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> number two, where I think we're all consensus, Zach Wilson, to the Jets if they take a quarterback. A lot of reports are speculating that Wilson's going to be taken too. So yeah. you assume those two are off the board. Um, I, w- I want to ask your opinion on this, and then we'll go to Jimmy G because it kind of all relates. Who do the 49ers take at three? Assuming they take a quarterback, which, again, we all assume. Who would you guys expect them to take? I mean, it's tough to say because there have been reports that Mac Jones might be taking three. You know, a lot. I know for real. Um, Another name that's come up. I mean, Justin Fields. That's another name. Mm -hmm. Another quarterback that's been Mm -hmm. brought up. Trey Lance. Another name. I think that's too high for Lance personally. But that's another name they can look at. So if you think that's too high for Lance, but if what if the Patriots traded up with the Falcons and took Lance then? Is that still too high? Not for the Patriots situation because they desperately need a quarterback because if San Francisco, if they miraculously don't take a quarterback, they still have Jimmy, which is fine. And yep. Kyle Shanahan and um, John Lynch have come out and said, you know, Jimmy's our guy. We're going to go with Jimmy. But yeah, we'll talk it, about that. Is there a possibility? And this is sort of another like mini question for both of you guys. Is there a situation where they draft a quarterback and then they just groom him behind Jimmy and have Jimmy still be the starter and then have the guy they draft just, sit on the bench for a year or two. Hmm. Go ahead, Matty. I'll let you take that one. Uh, they definitely could do that. Uh, it seems like the only successful uh, example I can come up with, other than obviously Rodgers, but that's a long time ago now, is Mahomes. Uh, they, they, the Bills traded with the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs move up to 10, grab Mahomes, have him ride behind Alex Smith for a year, bring him in week 17. He has been lighting the world on fire ever since. Uh, I don't. I personally do not think uh, Jimmy G will be around uh, week one because the writing's kind of on the wall here. It's starting to form when you, if you've all reports and kind of the trend there. Uh, but the, I, I, the grooming, the, the, the grooming QB situation is obviously on the book. I think the QB most likely for that scenario is a Trey Lance. Uh, if that's the route they go, uh, you know, reports coming out from San Francisco, that they're actually, they made that trade because they're happy with a number of guys. So it wasn't necessarily a target. It was a grouping that they were okay taking. Uh, yeah. But if they take Mac Jones, if they take Justin Fields, if Zach Wilson falls to three, uh, Jimmy G's will probably not start week one. It will be that if, rookie with that if, upside. If you take a rookie that high with that much upside, you got to play him. Yeah, like, you can't, I agree. Like, if you took, if Mac Jones fell to 15, which is what we were all talking about at the beginning of draft speculation, that's not going to happen now. But like, say that he fell to 15 and the Patriots took him. You're not going to – there's a chance you'd be like, okay, I'm not going to play Mac Jones. And we were even talking about you have to play Mac Jones if you take him at 15. So, like, if Mac Jones goes three – and there are a lot of reports now that it, Mac Jones might be the best fit for the 49ers system and what they like to do because they like the idea of a pocket passer who can break the pocket when needed, um, which is why Kyle Shannon did so well with Matt Ryan, right? Like, guy who can stand the pocket, somewhat decent. Um, I think they'd be dumb not to take fields, but like, that's just their choice. And I think they really can figure it out with anybody. Cause again, that team is built for now, but if you can put a young quarterback who can play in that system, I think Mac Jones might be the best fit um, for being able to read an offense and play within a system because that's what Shanahan's value is, is that system. Um, if Jimmy G is not a Patriot come week one, that is a massive failure because when, when they come out and say, yeah, he's not our, he's our guy. We, Jimmy, we're, we're built for the playoffs. Like we want to win. Okay. But like, you clearly don't value him. Like he's been hurt this whole time. You've, you kept saying you were looking for a quarterback and interested in moving on if the right thing came across. So like, what if it was Deshaun Watson? You're going to say, yeah, Jimmy's our guy. Like, no. So I think these young guys have more upside than Jimmy G. I think some of these guys I'd take over Jimmy G. If you could draft Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, I'd take him over Jimmy G as a Patriot, right? Like I think they're better, but as a Patriots fan, I look at this and go, I don't believe you, John Lynch. I don't believe you saying, no. oh, he's our wow. guy. This is exactly what happened with freaking Josh Rosen and the Cardinals. Yeah, he's our guy. Josh is my guy. And then the, the first overall pick comes around and they draft Kyler Murray. Right. Like, 
Of course he's not your guy. Right. And the same thing is here. Right. Oh, and by the way, who was uh, John Lynch talking with and Kyle Shanahan talking with today at uh, Pro Day? At, Billy like, B. Billy Belichick. And Which Josh McDaniels, by the way, Josh McDaniels was presence today at that Alabama yeah. Pro Day looking at Mac Jones. So you know they're seriously looking at that if he slips – just saying that that trade did with the Atlanta Falcons looks more promising. If they, if they're going to stick with Matty ice, Matt and, Jones, man, Patriot. And then obviously you either draft a quarterback or you try to trade for Jimmy. And for the fans, listen, for the fans that say they'd rather Cam Newton this season. God, why? We and stop with that. Like, it's just, I don't understand. Yes. He had three good games before he got COVID. I understand that. But if you have COVID and you're feeling the side effects, at that level where they have, you know, all the up-to-date testing, the best doctors in the world, everything. Mm-hmm. If you're really feeling that bad, you shouldn't have been playing. But obviously, he felt, Cam Newton felt like he was good enough to go. And then look at what he did. He was trashed. COVID, COVID does not cause you to throw the ball 10 yards in front of somebody off the turf. Like, COVID does not you cause wouldn't, you, you to, wouldn't think. COVID, I, and I've not had COVID. I don't want to have COVID. I'm registering for my shots. All the good stuff's coming. But, like, I can't imagine COVID – is what causes you to read something the wrong way. Like completely not throw to the right side of the field even. Like there's no reason for that other than he doesn't get it. He can't figure it out. He's not what he was. Now, is, if it's Cam Newton or Jarrett Stidham, if that's my option, you have to I'll go take Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. I'll take right. Cam Newton. Yeah. But like, why does that have to be my, that doesn't have to be my option here. Like Bill has all the control in this. Like it doesn't have to be Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham again. Right. And the only defense that people have, which is a valid defense, is that, he signed late in training camp. He didn't have a full training camp. Obviously, COVID short, shortened season mm-hmm. just with everything going on. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have weapons, which we understand. you know. And then he, they went out. They got Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, Kendrick Bourne, Delson Aguilar, mm-hmm. you know, and others. So he has weapons now. But at the same time, do we really – by week three or four, if he's doing what he did at the end of last year and he's underthrowing receivers by about five to ten yards, are we going to be having the same conversation? No. So go out and get a quarterback that's going to actually work for you. Plain and simple. That's Jimmy. As long as he can stay healthy, Jimmy is the guy that will help you be in a better position to win football games, period. And if, if your plan is to get a quarterback in the draft, like if you're planning on tra- trading up, and it te- as much as they won't say it and no one wants to report it, like there are clear signs that they're clearly looking at all these quarterbacks in those top six picks. Mm-hmm. Um, they're at, yep. but, but, I mean, Belichick always goes to Bama's pro day. Like I don't look too much into Belichick being there because him and Saban are literally best friends. Um, but the fact that McDaniels went with him is more telling because that's a, Hey Josh, can this guy work in the system? Like, I want your offensive opinion. Can you work with this? Um, and I, I you just can't assume if they're going to trade up in the draft, I don't want Cam Newton being the option. Like I want Jimmy Garoppolo here for a year if you're if you're gonna draft that high and you really are committed to not having him play week one because i know belichick's not big on rookies like belichick likes guys to be in the system for a year before playing unless they absolutely are bona fide studs guaranteed to play and they they don't have that doesn't happen a lot here um i I think that the ideal situation is you trade up wherever you can fit in there um what falcons are four five fourth four cincinnati's five yeah so cincinnati's five they're not taking a freaking quarterback no they're taking jamar chase yeah, so if you, if you trade – but they're not going to trade out either. So if, if you trade up to four, Falcons – if you give Falcons a good amount of value for 15 and some other picks, like it's a deal that the Falcons should consider heavily. And the Patriots pull that trigger. Your options are probably uh, – it's a combination of Fields, Mac Jones, um, Trey Lance. Those are probably the – one of those three will be there at five. You're not going to have much choice probably, no. but – what I want one of those guys over just Jimmy G and Jared Stidham or Cam Newton and Jared Stidham. I just want Jared Stidham off this team. He, and, he will be. He will, <laughs> he, he will be after preseason. He will probably be. And the tired. best way to do that is draft a young kid who can prove that he's better than Stidham. And if you want to play a veteran week one, fine. Play Cam Newton, play Jimmy G. I'd rather Jimmy G, obviously. Yeah. Play a veteran week one. By week four, the rookie will be in regardless. Right. And again, you don't want to go through the same thing that you went through last year. Jimmy will know this system somewhat. I'm sure there's going to be some changes, some adjustments, but you know what? He's played under Josh McDaniels before as an OC. He's played under Belichick as a head coach. It would be at an advantage if you brought him back here, plain and simple. I'm not ruling anything out until the draft's over. 
in a month. Once the draft's over, then if there's not a move made, then I'll say, okay, maybe he's not coming here, and that's fine. We'll roll with Cam. But until then, anything that I hear is just a smokescreen, unless Ian Rapoport or Adam Schefter's like, New England has agreed to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, et cetera. Has to be Adam Schefter. Has to be Schefter. He's the guy. He's the Patriots guy. Has to be. Definitely. He's, he's so tied in to the Patriots. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's definitely tied in there. Uh, so it sounds like you guys think Jimmy G is gone, though, from San Francisco. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, if they keep him, they're yeah. idiots. Because right. the, ca- the cap situation even, like their, his contract, if you can get rid of him and save money and bring in, a, bring in your rookie of choice, right? You have the third yeah. pick. You're going to have some options there. You bring in a younger quarterback, get rid of that money that Jimmy G has dealt with, and then you can use that money to surround the new quarterback with more talent. Like, yeah. it just, it, it's an obvious decision to not have Jimmy Garoppolo on this 49ers team if they draft a quarterback at three, which if they don't, they have to fire John Lynch. Yeah, you can't, you don't trade what they traded to move all the way up to three to take, you know, the kid, the, the tackle from Oregon. That's just not what you do. You're taking a quarterback there. And Jimmy G, that pretty much, I think, that, that, that's the exclamation point on a move that will get him out of San Francisco. But I do not think he's coming to New England. I don't think he's coming to New England. I mean, there I are other suits out there. Oh, there are suits. I, I would bring him here. I agree with everything you guys are saying in terms of the fit, the style, the improvement from Cam, all that. Uh, but given the cap hit, and if they trade up, you're talking about somebody who has a higher cap hit uh, in terms of the rookie. They're not going to take on that much salary. Signing Cam, to me, proves one of two things. One, they're going to take a quarterback in this draft, which could range anywhere from 15 to the mid-rounds, right? Uh, personally, I think you'll see the top five QBs gone by pick eight. That's what I think. So if the Patriots don't yep. get in there, they're not getting one. And then you're talking about the Newmans, the Mons, you know, Ian Book, those type of guys, you know, later in the draft. And I'm going to throw my bold take out here, fellas. And you guys brought him up earlier, so you guys can laugh me off the podcast if you like. But you know what? You guys brought me on the main show. I'm going to swing for the fences. I'm a baseball guy. I'm not ruling out Jared Stidham as, the, as Belichick's answer long term. Not my, not my answer, his answer. And here's why. They brought in Cam. Uh, like I said, this could all fall apart if they draft somebody at four or if, you know, they get in front of uh, Carolina. So, you know, five, six, seven, eight, whatever. Jared Stidham's out there in California with, this, with the whole – with all the receivers, with Cam, you know, building oh, that rapport. Building that rapport. Uh, and a report about a year ago came out that Patriots brass felt like uh, Jared Stidham was one year away from the confidence level that they had with the young Jimmy G, which would put them on track right now. So I'm not saying I like this idea. I don't know. I don't think this guy's the answer, but I'm saying reading the tea leaves, seeing what's happening, seeing how things unfold. I think you see a Cam Newton week one starter, Jared Stidham battling a Kellen Mond, a Jamie Newman, one of those types. So that feels more Belichick-y than... Yeah. Quarterback, it's five or four, whatever. Yes. Like, that feels more like what's coming. And I think get your grips around that because that's probably – That's – Right after the season overall, like, oh, Cam can't come back. There's no way Cam's coming back. He's right. Stuck. And then they sign Cam. So, I wouldn't put anything past Bill. Would I be shocked if he takes defense at 15 and then drops a quarterback in two, three, or four rounds later? Like, no, of course not. Because if he really thinks he can get a lot out of Cam, like, if he really sees Cam as, like – this and this year and next year's answer with the talented roster around him because like the biggest excuse everyone is bringing up with cam is no talent yeah starting to kill harry like no julian edelman he was she was hurt uh, he was hurt no tight end solution like that was the biggest excuse and it was fair right but that being said how many throws did cam miss but bill went out and got him a ton of talent two of the, two, the top two tight ends on the market both patriots and you brought in some you brought some nelson aguilar mm-hmm. take the top off the ball Still have Jacoby Myers, who Cam loves. Uh, you brought in Bourne, who seems like he, the more and more I watch about him and the, what I'm hearing, he might be the steal of free agency yeah. for what they paid him, what you might get out of him. So Cam has some weapons now. There's no more excuses. If he is your week one starter, week two starter, with a little bit of an offseason, because they did say today they're hoping that they can start OTAs like April 12th, April 16th, and they're talking more and more about being in person. person mm-hmm. Goodell unpro- uh, unprompted said today that the stadiums are going to be full of the ball um, as well. So. They're, they're trying to 
push through as planned, like normal season. So if that's the case and Cam can get in there now with these guys, along with Jared Sidham, maybe Maddie, your plan doesn't sound that crazy because they actually can figure it out. But mm-hmm. I still would rather Jimmy overcam. Uh, uh-huh. And oh, Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo, man. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is beautiful in all the facets. And now he gets so beautiful, Al. It's manscaped. Exactly. And I got a question for the both of you guys really quick. Is there any better feeling in the world than the freshly mowed grass at the ballpark on opening day, which is this Thursday? So as this podcast comes out, Mm. it might even be ready this Thursday. Mm. Red Sox are playing. We're at Mm. Fenway Park. Nice Fenway Frank. Nice ice cold beer. How about How about also with that, right? How about some freshly groomed balls? Because our sponsors at Manscaped. Meatballs? Meatballs? Not, not quite. Are the Baseballs? I'm Italian. I'm Italian. Sorry. Fair <laughs> enough. Are the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, and they are here to help you strike out your bush for good. It's a whole new balls game, ladies and gentlemen, and Manscaped is here and trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. So join the movement now. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUIDE20 at manscaped.com. I'm telling you both right now, these products, they are not a joke. They're so mm-hmm. easy to use, and I have all the confidence in the world with the best tools for the job at Manscaped. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent literally a year and a half, 18 months, perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. Because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced with a close shave. The Lawnmower 3.0 is simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man. It hits the sweet spot in every way for your balls. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. It's time to keep your testes fresh and clean. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant to keep your balls from sticking to your legs from end to end. What a curveball from the norm when I'm at the ball game. This stuff, I'm telling you right now, it's legit. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls, and it's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a boost. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped mm-hmm. anti-chafing boxer brief. Jared, I know you have a pair of these. You've talked I about them before. Few. With quags. Few. How comfortable guys, are golf, things, Guys, right? golf, seas- go- golf season's coming up. Oh, they are great for a stroll around 18, man. Oh, Ooh. they are. Guess what? Those boxer briefs are included and will bring your boxer game to the absolute next level. And complete your top-to-bottom grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. Jared, let me ask you something. You want to go on a date night with Laura soon, right? Oh, man, if I can get time, sure. Wouldn't you want to make sure that you have this lovely cologne right here to make sure that been told you it's are great ready stuff. for date night? It I've been really, told date night, date night has no match. It really is. I mean, look, look at the craftsmanship. Look, look at that. Look at that packaging. That makes it's, me want to go Manscaped right now. Let's get ready. Exactly. And with these new refined signature scents, you're going to make sure that it's the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas because this cologne is the perfect complement to the collection. I just smelled it, and it smells incredible. Oh, you're going to make me have baby number two. got to. <laughs> I, I know. Listen, listen, I'm trying to keep it together. But you talk about the ultimate utility man, Jared. Manscaped is like the Mike Trout of all ball trimmers. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. Hit the balls out of the park this season with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. One final time, 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Use that code COUCHGUY20. Baseball is back, ladies and gentlemen. Do not let your pubes get out of whack. The Mookie Betts of grooming? Listen, Trout. listen, Manscaped sends the stuff over. It said Mike Trout. I went with Mike Trout. The Mike Trout. The Mike Trout, Trout of grooming. Absolutely. If, you jo- if you're talking about the best grooming. in the game, it's oh. Bryce Harper of grooming. It's really a fun mm-hmm. option. They're, they're, the, they're the Fernando Tatis of grooming. <laughs> but you know what else is fun, Jared? The fact that Red Sox baseball is officially back on Thursday. <sighs> oh, it is. It is. It is. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. We're going to end the show with a little baseball. Okay. We're going to end the show with a little baseball. I want to talk about Celtics because hey. Celtics. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're, they're being the Celtics right now. Um, so they had their first game back with fans yesterday, as we record this today on Tuesday, Monday. They played the they played the wonderful New Orleans Pelicans, and Zion Williamson, who literally does not get called for a foul ever. It's like worse than LeBron was when he came up. Just yep. big dude, just gets to do whatever he wants. But that being said, Celtics they're scared lost. of him. They are definitely scared of him, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, the Celtics. That was the debut of Evan Fortier. Celtics, big trade acquisition from the Orlando Magic. Um, we lost Daniel Tice, Jeff Teague, 
And Javante Green. Yep. In that in the trade deadline. Jeff T got waived by the Orlando Magic. He's now went to the Milwaukee Bucks, so his situation improved dramatic, drastically for sucking this year. That's good for him. Um, Daniel Tice is now a member of the Chicago Bulls. His situation might have improved too. Might have improved. Might get some more playing time. Chicago Bulls also traded for Vucevic, Orlando Magic on the fire sale. Uh, so Vuce is gone. He's also a member of the Chicago Bulls, but we got the wonderful Evan Forney, who, mind you, didn't score a point last night in his opening debut. Oh, jeez. for 10. Are you going for 10. Didn't hit a shot. Ugh. Are you going to be that guy that thinks he stinks now because his debut was a dud? No. No. Thank I know you. Evan Forney. I know Evan Forney is not bad. Like, I okay. think he's a good player. Good. Um, here's the deal. We don't, I don't really know how this trade pans out until we sign Evan Fournier or not because he's up after this year. Uh-huh. The, Danny's preaching. The plan is to sign him. And if you do that, that makes the deal a little better, right? You traded Daniel Tice and Jeff T who sucked and Javante Green for Evan Fournier who can be here long-term with the Jays. I'm fine with that. That's a good trade mid-season. But, if he do, but didn't they also sign they, they wanted Kyrie to be here long-term? They also said a lot of things about Al Horford being here long-term. Got to sign him. And he's going to make a lot of money. So Celtics fans, be ready. If you want to keep Evan Fournier around, it's going to start hurting a little more. There's going to be some people just Band-Aids ripped off. But that's an off-season conversation. I want to ask you guys, did this trade wet your palate enough to be happy with Danny Ainge at the trade deadline, seeing where this team is? Are you mad he didn't do more? Because there was talks that they, he was trying for Vooch too. He was trying to get both of them and didn't offer enough. And it would have been probably – Marcus Smart and a first to get him, essentially. And maybe maybe still Javante Green. Like, you probably could have swung Vooch if you really wanted to, but Danny didn't do it. Yeah. Are you okay with what they did? Yes. And there's a few reasons. First of all, Javante Green, end of the bench guy, don't really need him. Yeah, he was athletic. You know, he could jump a little bit. He was, you know, good in, in garbage time, but you didn't really need him. Smell you later. Jeff Teague, again, you just said it. He stunk. He was horrible this not even half season in Boston. Smell you later. Daniel Tice. Okay. I know Celtics fans. They love Daniel Tice. They called him a true Celtic. All this, all this stuff. The guy wasn't that good. And he's going to be a free agent this off season. So you're probably going to have to pay to get him anyway. So get and him. You probably weren't going to. Probably no, weren't going to. Right. And you probably were not going to, you probably were not going to pony up the dough for him, which is fine. I'm fine with Tice being out of here. Evan Fournier. You have him here. He averages 20 points a game. Granted, I know his debut was bad. I watched the whole game. I'm sure you did too, Jared. And Maddie, I don't know if you did, but it was, a, it was a dud debut, plain and simple. He was bad. But I think with everything being considered, there's something deep down inside of me that says this offseason, Danny is going to make a huge push for Bradley Beal. That's what I think this trade deadline said. I think he's gearing up for a run to get Bradley Beal. He's already said he wants to play with Jason Tatum. Those two are really good friends. The situation in Boston is obviously a lot better than the situation in Washington. So if it means getting rid of Marcus Smart, it means getting rid of some of your younger pieces. Kemba Walker, probably. Yeah, but are you really going to, are you going to be able to get rid of Kemba Walker who's aging and has a bad knee? I agree. But if he's part of the Bradley Beal deal. Yes. Then uh, yes. If you want to. Because you're trading for Bradley Beal. Remember that. He's still got another season in Washington. So if you're getting Bradley Beal, which I'm for, like I think it's a great plan, you got to trade until after next season. Yes. So if you don't want to wait, you're trading Kemba Marcus Smart now, to get, which I'm for, by the way. And you have to because then next season you'll have, obviously, Bradley Beal. Excuse mm-hmm. me, Bradley Beal, the two Jays. You have Robert Williams, and then if you really want to, if you trust him enough, Plus. put put Peyton Pritchard at the point guard spot. If you trust him that much, if you're getting rid of smart and Romeo Kemba. Langford, they still clearly enjoy Romeo Langford's presence and he's supposed yeah. to play tonight, but like he's been hurt a lot. That kid was drafted. He, he was their first pick that year. Yes. Um, and they, they right really outside see, the lottery. Yeah. Right outside the lottery, like 15, whatever it was like they yeah. see value in Romeo Langford. Yeah. They could have dealt him by now. Like he could have, he could have been included instead of uh, Javante Green in this deal and they probably would have taken it. But how so can like, you deal somebody that hasn't played that much? But, but okay, Markel Fultz got down. He barely played that year when he got traded yeah, to the Magic. Yeah, I know it's a different circumstance, yeah. but like they clearly see something in Romeo Langford right. that is keeping them from not dealing him, keeping them from dealing him. So I agree with you. I want to hear Maddie's take on this. I trust the Celtics' opinion only because I see a Garnett jersey behind him, <laughs> and that is my favorite player of all time. So Maddie B, I'm going to take what you say as gospel. All right, because pressure's on. 
a little bit of pressure here. Okay. Uh, I think it was a fine trade. It was a trade. Uh, I think the actual deal itself pretty much laid out what, uh, what kind of what it was. It was a, a dump of the magic, the magic dumped him. You know, they traded everybody. They got mm-hmm. two second round picks, including a protected second round pick, which is yep. basically like, who cares? And he's a free agent. I, He's a high-volume shooter. Uh, that's where he does a lot of his damage, and he's just not going to get volume here. He's, if he comes in with the second unit, that's all well and good, but uh, I just feel like it was a mediocre trade. It was something to yep. push across to the media and to the fans that, hey, I did something. Uh, you know, I heard, I heard things. People were saying that th- finally, finally, Danny did something, and it's like, Evan Fournier? That's – I mean, I, you saw I, Aaron Gordon traded. You saw Vucevic traded. You saw all these high-end players traded. You saw Drew Holiday traded in the offseason. You know, it just feels like he settled and didn't attack. And I don't know and what that tells the, the guys in the locker room. And look at the Miles Turner stats. Should have oh been that trade. Oh, my God. Didn't pull that, the trigger. Do you remember who was potentially in a, that deal? It was Turner. It was either um, uh, Jeremy Lamb or Doug McDermott. All three of those guys are having solid years and a first-round pick. And he said, no, just give me the, the trade exemption that I'll use on Evan Fournier. Yeah. Hey, hey, listen, you give the green cornet some respect, okay? I, He's lighting fair. it up. He's no, lighting good it play. up. Good player. I, I will player say that. Those two guys, are, are Mo Wagner and Luke Cornet, are, are, they were my favorite acquisitions because they have some raw talent. They got something you can't teach, which is size. And, you know, and they're, they're, they can yeah. – no, It's I, a depth I keep, off the bench. It's yeah, a depth absolutely. off the bench, which projects. they didn't have. Yeah, six, 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 10 and seven, two. Six, 10 right. and yeah. seven, two. You yeah. can't teach that. No. See, now, and that's the thing. They did this, and they're still active on the, the buyout market. So I, I like, I'm all for yeah, active. I'm all for yeah. Evan Fournier. I don't know what they offered Andre Drummond, but because the Lakers took him. Um, I'm all for Evan Fournier being here. I think the point of right. this deal was they saw what Miami did last year and saw the Mc, Dougie Mc, uh, whatever, Duncan Robinson and um, Tyler Harrow, who's been terrible this year, eat them alive from behind the arc. Mm-hmm. And they saw, I need that. Pritchard's been good, right? Neesmith has figured out. So those are two good draft picks Danny made, those two players. Um, but Evan Fournier is that guy that if, if, like, if he has an open three, in most cases, I trust him to hit it. And so I think that was a piece that it takes a little bit of pressure off the Jays in moving the ball, spacing. I want, I'd want Fournier on the floor at the end of a game. But Al, you're right. This is a bigger play. You're dumping Daniel Tice. I think Evan Fournier is a good sign long term, but you're gonna you're gonna be able to sign Evan Fournier because you're gonna be trading Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, and whatever it may be. Now, there's another name out there now that could also be coming available. Finally, is Towns out of Minnesota? There reports good. today that Towns and um, blanking on his name for some reason, his point guard, um, Russell. 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 Yeah, both of them are apparently available. Out, come the offseason, I don't. Minnesota's being dumb. They can't figure it out. They have two really good players, and they just can't figure it out. Um, yeah. Apparently, those guys are available. And the big question is: one, do they want to play together? Do they get chipped together? I think Towns has some power in this trade, but like, if you were to trade Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker, and that's a big part of this, right? Marcus Smart, Kemba Walker probably get chipped out together for one of these players. Is it Bradley Beal, or is it Towns? I'm a Beal guy. I'm taking Beal. I yeah. think the rapport. And with Jason Tatum is, you know, something you can't really calculate, but it's big and it, and it matters in the NBA. Um, and I just think they need scoring, and that guy is just a dead red scorer. Yeah, and, and the thing is, right, if you asked me maybe a month or two ago, I probably would have said Carl Anthony Towns. But honestly, I'm not saying that they're anywhere near talent comparison, but – Robert Williams is looking pretty yep. good in that, in that five yep. spot. That's yep. my spot. Yep. You know, so that's the whole thing is like, unless Robert Williams is going in this deal too, which I hope they would never do, but unless he's going, you know, wouldn't you rather get the guy that's lead, I think leading the league in scoring in Bradley Beal mm-hmm. and then have him play yep. alongside Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So that way, I mean, let's think of it this way. Would Jason Tatum still be the number one in Boston if you brought in Bradley Beal? Yes, but not by much. Yeah, see, I don't know, right? And I don't even know about that. It could be a one A one B type of thing, and Jalen's your two or three. Oh, see, I think it, it turned if if you bring in Jalen Brown's e- easily the two, in yeah. right now, like yes. Jason. I think Jason Tatum's a better player. If you bring in Bradley Beal, which I'm all for, and again, I agree with you. Out, asked me two months ago, 
give me Towns. That's a position of need. They need a big man who can play. I, I love Bradley Beal, and I'd rather him, but at the same time, Towns would have fit better. Whatever happened to Time Lord and whatever his progress got figured out, as long as they keep him, he's good enough to play with a lot of the bigs against to hold him when you're adding a talent like Bradley Beal to play alongside those three, those other two guys. So, like, that's, that's the decision. But right. when, when you look at the, the, the Celtics themselves, like, Bradley Beal is very close 1B to Tatum's 1A, and I just give it to Tatum because he's here. Like, I look at it as, like, the KG Pierce situation. Kevin Garnett, thank you as a reminder. Um, <laughs> when they came here, right, Garnett was the better player. It was Paul Pierce's team. Yeah. And at the end of the game, Paul Pierce got the ball. Right. And I think at the end of games, in a Celtics uniform, if those two play together, Tatum gets the ball. Um, obviously, T- Beal will get the ball too. Like, I'm not saying – but like, No, but, but last game, shot, last shot, it's, it's going to it's, Tatum. If, someone, if, if Brad Stevens is drawing up a play at the end of the game – it was always, it's going to Jason Tatum. Doc Rivers, how many, he drew up a play for Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce got the ball nine times out of 10 at the end of those games. Jason Tatum would get the ball nine times out of 10. And now if he's smart enough and sees Beal open, great. I'll give Bradley Beal 10 out of 10 shots in the other games too. Like that's the beautifulness. And like, that's the kind of move that Danny needs to make to be a contender. Like, yeah. look, I, I've loved the last couple of years. They've been in the Eastern Conference Finals. I thought they, they should have probably gotten in the Finals last year. And who knows what they would have done against the Lakers in the bubble. Um, probably would have put up a better fight than the Heat did. But they're not that close when everything's equal, especially now with the Nets being the way they are, uh, with Kyrie and Durant both back, and now they're drawing players like nothing, right? Like, Blake Griffin just walked in and broke and started. And, like, Blake Griffin's their fourth option, and Blake Griffin's still a good player. Um, so now everybody wants to go to Brooklyn. The, the Bucks are still really good. The Sixers are now solid with a real coach in Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still I think my favorite is still to come out of the East. So, like, the Celtics aren't as close as they were. They've taken a step back because they haven't done anything meaningful. They need to improve the roster. And Bradley Beal is really the way to do it and have a guy who would want to be here because Tatum's here. One other thing about Beal that I just would really love in, in his mix on the court, Jason Tatum's ISO percentage uh, is sandwiched in between LeBron James and Kamar- Carmelo Anthony. So mm-hmm. high. But he's shooting only 35% when he's on ISO. And that is because t- opposing teams have no problem shedding a defender off somebody to, you know, to meet him, meet him at the corner yeah. or double-team him to really screw up his rhythm. If you had a guy like Bradley Beal on the court like, it, and kept him near when, when you know, Tatum's going to go ISO, that, that, that defender is not going to leave Bradley Beal open. There's no way that's going to happen. And I just think when you get, a, you know, like Alec, like you said, a dynamic scorer, the, the league's best scorer right now, and you match him with a, a playmaker like Tatum, that's where they really can take that next level. Beal, Tatum, and Brown are right mm-hmm. back to the top of the Eastern Conference as contenders. Yeah, like if you killer bees, baby. Beal, you, you, it's, a, it's a heck of a trio that can – and value. Beal's not that old. Like, no. Beal's – is he 30 yet? I don't think so. I'll, I'll double check that real quick. But even if he is 30, not by much, and you're playing with two kids who are under 25, like yeah. it, it's a solid trio for a while, for a solid while to make runs at championships and be the contender that we in Boston expect them to be. Um, 27. Tw- 27 years old. Yeah. Like, come on. It, it is really <laughs> the ideal situation now that Kyrie is gone. And look, I was the number one proponent of keeping Kyrie. I think as much as I would have, it's a good thing that you're not dealing with his BS anymore. Like, you lost Kyrie Irving, man. You had him, and you didn't pay him. So it is what it is. Um, but Bradley Beal, man, that, that's the – I think that has to be the end goal, and you're right, Al. I think, I think it's definitely scheming up in Brad's uh, – in Danny's head to, to make that move. Um, now he's just got to do it, and I hope he does it this offseason and doesn't wait for him to be a free agent because you want to trade him now because then if you do re-sign him to a contract, you have more rights with the bird rights and everything. Like, mm-hmm. it just – I'm afraid they won't do it because of the Marcus Smart thing. Um, and they're going to have to include Marcus Smart if they want Bradley Beal. But if Danny Age doesn't see the value in trading Marcus Smart for a guy like Bradley Beal, yeah. that should be the end of Danny Age as the GM of the Boston Celtics. Um, yeah. Because we've all been crapping on him for not making moves, but he's done okay. Like his plan was Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, or Anthony Davis. Like that, and he was kind of going into motion, and then Kyrie screwed it all up. So I give I give Danny a yeah. little pass on that one because he made the move. He got Kyrie Irving. He, just, he traded just, a fan favorite in Isaiah Thomas. It just didn't pan out because Kyrie's a nut job. So yeah. that's, that's a big part of that. Um, if you can pull this off, I'll forgive it all because you probably win at least one title with Bradley Beal with the Jays because of their young youth and what they can do. Right. Last topic, Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox. 
Uh, today, recording on Tuesday. Uh, couple, that means two days from now as of recording. Opening day. Spring training games are over. Today was the last one. They're done. They're making way, their way up to Boston. Uh, spring training is over. Opening day here. You're going to get the fresh smell of the grass through your TV. Fans are allowed this as of day, oh, day one. Mm-hmm. So, guys, I'm so freaking excited. Um, they've looked better than I thought they would. I know it's spring training. I hate to do it, but, like, they've hit the crap out of the ball in spring training. Yep. Most home runs, wasn't it? In, Most home runs, I think, in the Grapefruit League. Um, is that both leagues or Grapefruit League? Just the Grapefruit League, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the other league, I just Grapefruit. <laughs> We're the best damn Grapefruit League home run hitting team. Um, look, there's a lot of interesting storylines around this team. Obviously not like a top-line contender right now. We knew that coming in, but I think they're going to be better than a lot of people expect um, because of how oh, bad yeah. last year was. I think I was the only one. This was the live into the triangle show we did on Twitch. I think I was the only one out of both podcasts to say they were going to make the playoffs. I want your take, Matt, but first, Al, are you changing your tune on that? No. Are you? No. No. The worst. No. 83 and 79. I can't wait. I can't I wait for them to prove <laughs> you wrong. I hope they do. You're, you're making it sound like I want them wrong. to Oh, he's hedging his bets. He's I, want, his I bets. want them to be good. Al, it sounds like you want them to lose. No, I don't. That's why Al. I'm over 500. If I want them to lose, I'd be like <laughs> former guests on Into the Triangle who will go unnamed. Let's say they're going to be a 60-win team. That ain't uh, me. That I lose? Be. I can't hear you guys. No, we're good. Right here. I can hear you guys. Oh, you're muted. There you go. How about now? Oh, there we go. There we go. That worked. All right. That was weird. Cool. Okay. Anyways. No, I don't want them to lose. I want them to win. It's more <laughs> uh, fun when they win. I mean, That's yeah. true. Look, but this, this team, this team, oh, everyone, Matt, go ahead. Because I, I want to know, one, do you think they're a playoff team? And two, I want your most interesting storyline going into Thursday. All right. So... I think they're going to make the playoffs. I actually said on Legends Lingo, shout out Al, your podcast, that they were going to win the AL East. And I still believe that. I still believe that. Uh, I think that the AL East is up for grabs, and they're, they have as good offense as any other team in baseball. Even last year with that horrid season, they were still a top five offensive team in the league. And, and they sucked training, offensively. You watched it. And right. you, couldn't, you were like, JD how are they hitting batted, so badly? JD had the worst season he's going to have. You know, Verdugo was good, but he still has more to go. He didn't hit as much pop, you know, as he, as he can. And they didn't, they didn't drop the ball at all here in, in spring training. They're mashing. They're leading, you know, runs, home runs, batting average. They're at the top of, uh, of all the teams. And they're just rolling. And getting a guy like Cora back, I think that really is that, that catalyst for the good play right out of the gate. If you guys can remember way back in 2019, before the world froze and changed and everything happened, they had a down year. And it started in the spring. They looked lackadaisical, uninterested. And they, Alex Cora made a comment about how they need to turn the page. Or, or, or close the book or whatever it was. I can't exactly remember. But that is not the case this year. In 2021, they've come out the gate hot. And I think that that offense is great. I think their pitching is better, uh, but they're deep in comparison to last year. And when you scan, when you like scan the, a, the whole entire American League, for that matter, there's not a whole lot of high-end pitching. The best pitching is in the National League. So I think they can match their way to an AOZ championship. A lot, a lot of the pitching is in the NL. Like a lot a of lot. pitchers are in the A lot. Yeah. So I look at the – just to look at the AL East, their rotation's pretty decent across the board. Orioles, they suck. We know they suck. Um, yeah. I think the Rays got worse, right? The Rays, the Rays aren't, gonna, aren't as good as they were last year. Like, I, I mean, they're good. Like, I still think they're a contender. But are they as good as they were last year? No. Um, the, Jay, the Blue Jays are the team that scare me, other than the Yankees, obviously. Like, I think the Blue Jays are going in the absolute right direction. Um, and they have all that young talent. The cra- they can also hit the crap out of the ball. Yeah. Um, and they just signed my guy from Houston. So, like, look, I overall think that it's going to be a four-team race out of the five. Like, I, I genuinely think the Red Sox are in the mix. Um, do they win the division? No, I think it's the Yankees to lose. Like, I think the Yankees win the division. They're just too good right now. But at the end of the day, this Red Sox team is a playoff team. And the way they're hitting the ball now shows me even more. And Matt, you make up the point I've been preaching to the choir since he got rehired. Alex Cora is so important for this team. 
Um, and the message sheet, no one wanted to play for Ron Renneke. Like, come on. It was Ron freaking Renneke. And as soon as they got hired, we said, oh, well, that means core is coming back next year. And look, we were all right. Because as soon as you hire Ron Renneke, that goes, okay, we don't value him as manager. This year is going to suck. Um, Cora can come back next year. And look, look what happened. Devers, we knew was a product of Cora. He came in and Devers had the best year of his career in 2018. Uh, Xander Bogarts is that much better of a player defensively with Alex Cora around. We know he can hit the crap out of the ball. All these younger guys care so much about Cora as a person and as a coach that like they get along with them so well that Cora really is the catalyst to take this team to the next level. Whereas mm-hmm. like if Cora wasn't the manager of this team, I probably wouldn't think they'd be a playoff team, but I think he's that important. Um, and then you had obviously had the pieces like I'm saying this on into the triangle at nauseum, Matt. They're a platoon squad. Like they're gonna platoon every single position except for like three. He has. Um, they can do a lot of and, that Rays stuff for sure. I mean, Bloom yeah. comes from the Rays, so it's only exactly only makes sense. so like they didn't bring it now long term, like I don't like it. Like I want set players at set positions, yeah. but right now for coming off of like a Mookie Betts Benatendi trade, like if you want to platoon the outfield for a little bit, um, and platoon second base till you till Jeter Downs comes up, but like long term. Mm-hmm. There are solutions where you don't have to, right? Jeter Downs is probably your long-term second baseman. Oh, certainly. Uh, Jaron Duran will be up by June to play center field. Um, Fingers crossed. He hit, the, he hit the crap out of the ball. And the only justification I can think of for him not coming up now is because they promised some of these veterans they brought in some playing time, and they got to let them play before they bring yeah. the kid up. Um, because this dude – and probably a little bit of the control, too, thing, right? They did that with Chris Bryant. Oh, yeah, Bryant certainly. It's a win-win for them. Yeah. For, it's a win-win for everybody. Peace in the locker room and then get the service time. Exactly. Um, the, the the not the I almost said the Paw Sox the Woo Sox lineup <laughs> is gonna be I love the Woo Sox. Um, look, that Triple A team is stacked, right? Like like the 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 Woo Sox have a chance to win a title this year. It's great. I hope everyone enjoys that season down in the area of Worcester. Um, I will not be venturing to Worcester to watch a Triple League base Triple A baseball game, but um, the Red Sox have a lot more talent than I think people realize in the system coming up. Oh yeah, soon mm-hmm. as a court. now pitching they got to figure it out. Um, but there are pieces there. Um, I think like Hulk Pavetta, those guys are on the cusp of, of being constant pieces. Um, th- this team is closer than a lot of people think. Um, and the answers really are down in Worcester. Um, long-term core. I think core is going to be great for Jaron Duran, Jeter Downs. Um, mm-hmm. Some of these guys who are younger and coming up. The fact that Xander Bogart signed here long-term and is, has won a couple World Series titles in Boston and is still here and keeps saying he wants to be here, wasn't fishy with it, uh, didn't pull Mookie bets and go, yeah, I kind of want to be here, but, like, whatever. That speaks volumes to the rest of these kids who are going to come up and play around him. The kids are going to factor into this year. Like, Bobby mm-hmm. Dahlbeck, rookie of the year candidate, right? If he comes in and hits the crap out of the ball all year, that's a rookie of the year candidate. Maybe a home run derby guy, right? Like, Bobby Dahlbeck could become a face of baseball, a, a potential, like, rising star in baseball this year, um, playing first base almost every day. Uh, Devers is going to be a great player this year for us. You know, there's, there's options out here as a Red Sox team that, Al, I look at you and tell you you're crazy to think we'll, that. We'll see. I mean, you're not that, that they're not going to make the playoffs. If they make, if they don't make the playoffs, Al, um, I, I I don't even know what I'll do if they don't make the playoffs because this team is too talented to not. Make the I smell a bat. I, nah, nah, I smell nah. a bat. One thing I will say, the one little tidbit that I'm interested in seeing this season how the back end of the bullpen plays out. And I wrote about this on couch guy. Uh, I think it was earlier this week, mm-hmm. the seventh, eighth, ninth inning guys. If you, if this combination works out in no particular order of Matt Barnes, Sawamora and Adam Adovino, man, oh man, is it going to be fun to get into the seventh inning with a lead? If all works out because Matty Barnes has proven that he can be a great eighth inning guy, not a great closer, but a good eighth inning guy. Ottavino's probably going to be your closer. And Sal Mora, by the way, can throw like upper 90s with that split finger. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Like that. I mean, you is- still have other options out there. Like Brazier's hurt right now, but he can come back and be a decent six guy with no pressure. I trust Brazier. Um, Darwinson Hernandez is yeah. still a guy that's out there. Like they have pieces. The Ottavino trade made it make more sense out there. Um, yes. them, getting, them getting Ottavino made the bullpen a little more attractive. And then. Um, I always forget the dude you just met, the guy from Salamora. overseas. Salamora, thank yeah. you. Um, that, again, bringing in Salamora, like, patched the bullpen. Like, guys are not as bad as people think. The biggest issue was the pitching staff, and they, the bullpen is pretty legit once you get six, seventh inning, depending on who's out there. And then you look at the rotation. Even now, it's not bad. Erod is going to miss a start or two. Fine, whatever. He'll be back. And then you get Chris Sell back this year, guys. 
Yeah, I don't know timing, but at yeah. some point, Chris Sale will pitch this year. And that means your dead rotation is Chris Sale, Eduardo Rodriguez, Nathan Avaldi, uh, Richard, and, and Perez. Yeah. And we'll TV. see who bails like, it, it out. Could be, it yeah. could be Perez. It could be Hulk. It right. could be, like, that's a really good rotation in any, in any league, not just the American League. Like, that's a really good baseball rotation. Guys, just stay afloat. Uh, be in the contention. Get Chris Sale back. And anything can happen. 2013 all right. Red Sox. I'll all right. You. All right. I'll, I'll change my tune a little bit. Like, I'll, I'll change it a little bit. I'll say they go 85 and 77. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, they will be in the 90s for wins. They will have at least 90 like wins that. this season. And they will be in the playoffs. Now, am I going to win a round in the playoffs? I don't know. Depends who they play. But they will make the playoffs with over 90 wins. And they'll battle it out from there. It all starts on Thursday. Fresh grass, fans, some sense oh, of normalcy. Can't wait. Uh, and, beautiful day. Yes. Even if Chris Sale, too, let me just add this real quick. If Chris Sale even comes back all the way at the, at the All-Star break, you're talking about if you can add a guy like that, like the, like your fake deadline deal, yeah. I mean, that's top, of the, that's top of the market right there. And one last thing about this Red Sox team that I think fans uh, won't necessarily know right off the top. They might have to dig and wait and see. Talk about the back end being improved. The front end of this bullpen is vastly improved. Matt Andreessy is going to give them versatility that is that will benefit this roster throughout the whole season. And on top of that, Garrett Whitlock that they got in the Rule Five draft from the Yankees. That dude's looked electric in the spring, and yep. they're talking about using him in kind of that fireman role. So if they if those three guys you mentioned Al, are rocking and rolling, and these two guys at the front are handling kind of the the the, the spot starts and, and come cleaning up messes. This team could be vastly improved, and, I, and I'm loving that 90 win total. Jared, I'm loving that. Yeah, get me over 90 wins. Give me something to watch this year. Look, I know it's not the finished product that Haim has in mind, but if you can get over 90 wins with this team, moving forward, you have even more success, and that's what they want. I've been preaching from day one since they hired Haim. I want to be the effing Dodgers. You have the money. I want to be good every year. I want to be in contention every year. I'm sick of having first place, last place bullshit. Like, win. I don't care if you're going to win a, you're not going to win a World Series every year. Dodgers clearly prove that's very hard to do. Win a, win a good amount of games every year. I'm sick of baseball seasons ending in May. Yeah, that's it. well said. That's all I need. Couch Guys Sports Podcast Episode Two Hundred One. CouchGuysSports.com, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you can find your podcast now. Uh, don't forget Twitch channel, YouTube channel. Um, if you want to watch some idiots who write about sports, play video games. <laughs> channel is a great spot to hang out um al tries to play Fortnite every week it's it's just common it's it's fun um it it's entertaining so go check it out subscribe there you can do it free on amazon by the way twitch gaming just got, subscribe for free every month and and with that said we got some fun stuff planned especially upcoming for the month of april so stay tuned yep big things coming big things coming maddie appreciate you humping on it was a pleasure sir thanks Matt. Uh, loved it guys thank you alan Jared. All right. Have a good week. I'll talk to you next week. Oh, wait. Shit.